This morning, I am going to ask you to not open your Bibles, actually, just to have them ready if you would like. I will have scriptures up on the PowerPoint, um, but you may like to read your own version since I'm using a number of different versions. There's a vision Sunday for 2020. And I'm giving you a warning that your hands will be full by the end of the sermon. The reason being is I want to go back to the start of last year, which was in April actually, so I was about nearly midway, where we had a vision for 2019. And I had this statement up which reflects what's in our constitution. It doesn't have these exact words in our constitution. But this is ultimately our vision, and it's to see every single member of Fraser Coast Baptist Church actively living out God's design for their life, evidenced by their fruit, lifestyle, weekly involvement in small groups, prayer life, servanthood, church attendance, generosity, meditation in the word, zeal for good works, and finally by their evangelistic efforts. The number one question that churches ask themselves, particularly church leaders, is how do, how do we know whether our church is growing? A lot of people automatically think of attendance. They think of numbers. That might not necessarily be true. In other words, the number of people that attend a church doesn't necessarily reflect how healthy that church is. Small churches can be healthy. Small churches can be unhealthy. Medium and large-sized churches are the same. They can be healthy, but they, at the same time they can, they can be unhealthy. So the question is, how do we measure objectively a church's success? Whether they actually are fulfilling God's work here. Are they doing the job that God wants to do? Are they, are they living out the reason of why God started the local church in the first place? And surely there has to be another answer other than, oh, we have lots of people attending. That doesn't make sense. What does make sense is whether people that attend the church, though, are maturing in their faith. Because the goal as a church is not just to make converts. We're not to go into into the world and just make converts. We are actually made to go into the world and make disciples. A disciple is what we are interested in. Discipleship. Having a believer start as a baby in their faith, but to grow in their faith, to being a mature believer. And why? Well, for reproduction, to reproduce. To have more and more people living out 
God's design for their life so other people will experience that fulfillment, that purpose. And we know babies don't reproduce. Babies do not reproduce. Adults reproduce. And spiritually speaking, mature Christians reproduce. That's, that's the key. You'll notice how I said member of Fraser Coast Baptist Church. That has a lot of uh, definitions in the church realm. All I'm thinking about there is ones who have committed or shown a commitment that they are a part of Fraser Coast Baptist Church because we have many uh, people going in and out. Some are casual. Some are um, one, one-time visitors. Some are every now and then. Some are twice a year, Easter and Christmas. We have those kinds of people here. I don't have those people in mind when I'm talking about a member of Fraser Coast Baptist Church. To me, a member of Fraser Coast Baptist Church is a person that acts like they are one of the flock. They act like they are committed to what we are doing here at Fraser Coast Baptist Church as a local congregation of believers wanting to just fulfill God's purposes here. That's the vision. And the question I've always had in my mind is, actually, how do we know whether we're fulfilling that vision? How do we know? And therefore, I just had to have something for everyone to see, that we are consumed with every single week, be reminded about, and that's about starting here and leveling up our faith. Going on the journey from being an immature Christian to a mature one. And, the, and we, last year we went through the book of uh, uh, the Ephesians chapter 4, not the whole book, Ephesians chapter 4, about you know, why we're here. It's about building up the body of Christ, perfecting the saints. And... I presented to the church, um, or proposed rather, six levels of faith, which I guess would answer the question, how am I going in my journey of maturity towards Christ, in Christ? Expressing your faith as as a basic level. Join the church, invite your neighbor, engage with others, serving our Savior and giving in abundance. I'm going to go back to that. So what I've done for the last, well, you would have noticed, um, memory, um, is if you've ever seen the bulletin board at the back, and if you were here last year in April when we had the vision of 2019 service, at that stage it was only a bunch of headings that um, would tell us, or tell someone, rather, how I can fulfill or complete that level of faith. What are the things I'd be doing to um, show that I am expressing my faith, that I am, you know, inviting my neighbor, engaging with others, things like that. Therefore, I finally arrived to this point in time 
where it is finished. Keeping in mind, though, it is a dynamic document. And I'm going to ask Andy to start um, presenting these out to each one of the congregation, starting at level one. So you're going to have six pieces of paper, double-sided, okay? <laughs> and I do not want you to read it now. <laughs> I do not want you to read it. What I want you to do is I want you to take it home. Feel free to have a, 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 a quick perusal of the document. But I need, that's a bad word, we need, we need the church, members of Fraser Coast Baptist Church, to be familiar with this document. Because the goal is, if someone comes into this church looking for answers, looking to a way of, they, they're sick, they're, not, they're discontent, they're discontent on where they are in their walk with Christ or where they are in life. And they want to get from point A all the way over here to point B. Who's going to show them? Is it just going to be the pastor? No, I'm tired after a sermon. <laughs> you know, it can't be just up to one person to do this. It's got to be a joint effort. My job ultimately is to equip the saints in order to do the work of the ministry. Ephesians 4 verse 11. Please don't quote me on the, ver on the verse. I just, <laughs> it's roughly around that area. Expressing your faith involves a number of um, things and you've noticed I've added some ways to do this. If there is a, a shortage, then um, please just share one per family or something like that. And um, if you did miss out, then uh, please let me know after the service and um, I'll, I'll be printing some more. But these sheets will be available in each clipboard underneath the relevant level of faith. Accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour. A beginning. We want to know... Obviously, that, that is the, the, the initiation of a walk with Christ, obviously. And I, I mentioned something about repentance, um, how there are two kinds. Um, getting baptized, the next uh, instruction, the next command to fill out um, after um, accepting Christ as your saviour. We, we want people to know that they can dedicate your child. We want to know people uh, how prayer and fasting is, is an area that um, is an expression of faith. Reading, studying, and meditating on the Bible. These are all things that you, know, you should be doing if you are a, uh, a believer in Christ Jesus, right? Well, I, I, I don't know how many people you know, are familiar with that. I want to make sure that when people enter these, these doors, that they do know that's what Christ wants us to do in order to actively live out his design for our life. And worship, worshiping Christ corporately and faithfully. Another one that has seemed to, you know, just the, the, the certain belief that, or the importance of this seems to have drifted off um, through the generations, particularly my generation.
joining the church, Andy. You're going to get a second one. And I'm, I want to invite you, actually, after I've finished a, a particular level, I'm going to start my timer because I know this is going to... Yeah, I, like, yeah, the clock might not work. It's been pausing lately. And if I'm just looking at that, it might still be uh, 11 o'clock, um, you know, half an hour later. And I think, oh, I'm going well. <laughs> I want to invite you to just openly raise your hand and ask any questions that you see and you're wondering about. Feel free to interrupt me. And but we'll, we'll, keep it, we'll keep it civil by raising your hand. Um, but I want this to be you know, a two-sided conversation, not just a, a one-sided. Um, joining the church, I, f I feel, is an, is an important um, step to take. And really, to, for me, it's just knowing who the flock is. My command that has been given to me, my command that's been given to me, Jesus, God's command that's been given to me, that's better put, is that I am to shepherd the flock. Right? My question is, Who's my flock? You know, because to me, a visitor to a church is not part of, necessarily part of my flock. People who are committed to what we are doing here at Fraser Coast Baptist Church is a flock. My job is to equip them, to strengthen them, to encourage them, to pray for them, to build them up. I need to know who the flock is. And that's mentioned um, in um, a particular way um, underneath these things. But the process, you know, joining the church, it, it, it's, it's a, it's, um, when someone says joining the church, they, they automatically back off. Like, oh, what? That's, I'm not. It's because people or churches have made a mockery of this and they've totally twisted it um, in a way that it wasn't, ever intended to be. But it's simply asking um, a leader for uh, details, um, reading the constitution, that's what will happen. Uh, we'll have an interview, have your testimony, a recount of when you're baptized, because obviously we only want believers as members of the local church. Uh, we want to guard against what was happening in the book of Jude and Second Peter, where you know, false teachers were coming about. So we, we have to guard um, the integrity of the local congregation. And then you know, knowing what your spiritual gifts are, just to be sure that you're serving in, in an area that you know, God wants you to serve in, or, or that you're going to be fulfilled, that you're going to have joy in serving in that area. Yeah, taking a love language test. That's just making sure. Um, if you don't know what the love languages are, I, I, I highly recommend you research them, and particularly if um, you're married or particularly if you are not uh, feeling appreciated in your workplace. But the same thing can happen in the church. I think there are millions. I'm going to say millions. I'm going to be brave and say millions of people in the world serving in the church and they just don't feel appreciated. I believe it's very important. So having that conversation, not necessarily taking a test, by the way. It's just, it's just a play on words. Joining the prayer chain. We want to make sure that you, you know, 
you um, are committed to praying for each other and that these requests can be readily available. And, and notice that you don't have to be a member to join the prayer chain. It's just making sure that all members are. And then, obviously, making the pledge. It's a promise that you commit to praying for each other. You commit to, um, uh, you publicly commit to giving, to serving, to attending worship, accepting spiritual guidance by the church and obeying its teachings. And you seek the things that make for unity, purity, and peace. So that's joining the church. Level three, inviting your neighbour. We want to be a church that has a culture of invitability. I'm reading that growing churches have a culture of invitation. Their members or their attendees are constantly inviting people to church. And you might think and might have already experienced people have come in these doors. I invite someone in and they know they're not interested. That's fine. But I don't know. I just want to make sure that the friends that I'm ministering to know that and that they've been given that choice. They've been given that decision to, you know, do you want... Do you want to know what your creator has actually created you to be? Because we do have a choice to follow his plans. God gives us free will. It wouldn't be love if he just forced it upon us. We all have a choice on what we do in this life. Just whether you believe there are consequences to what we do. So that's about encouraging them to come to church. I put a diagram there, which I actually um, uh, preached about in, uh, during the Easter service, if you might be familiar with that. And it's just a simple, I think a natural way of how you can um, bring up the conversation of God. I was actually challenged, I think this morning actually, watching a quick video. Yeah, <laughs> I did have time. Watching a quick video of um, you know, a, a, a pastor who is now avoiding confrontational evangelism, uh, such as you know, um, uh, street preaching, things like that, going by, you know, that passage or the verse that we all are familiar with, um, always give an answer for the reason that, or why you believe what you believe, and in Peter somewhere, right? But always give a reason for those who ask, I think it says. And so, you know, there's no point, to me, there's no point... Um, bashing it down someone's neck or someone's throat um, until they listen to you. You want it to come up naturally. And in this way, the natural realm is listening to their story, listening to their brokenness, helping them realize they are in a state of brokenness because of their sin, 
And that's where you come in. You can provide an answer to that brokenness. And the answer, of course, is Jesus Christ. The gospel, the good news. And believing in that will cause you to do what you were meant to do here on earth from the beginning. And that is pursue God's design for your life, God's purposes, for his glory and for his honor. So that's inviting them a neighbor. There's a simple way of offering them a tract, handing them promotional literature when, when um, it comes around. Commit to recurring invitations, you know, making a promise to yourself. I'm going to do this. Um, I'm going to invite four people a week, four people a month, whatever um, God leads you to do. But it's just getting into that, having that culture of invitation. That's the key. And then finally, I, I mentioned something called apologetics, which is um, the, the science or um, the, the study of giving a reason or defense for the Christian faith. And when you have these conversations, people who are seeking answers you know, might want to ask you what those answers are. And we could simply say, oh, I actually don't know, but I do know someone at church who does. You know, Pastor Tim is a great fella. He's got all the answers. He can help you out. All right? But, but it's not as powerful. It's your, the person you're ministering to. It's your friend, your acquaintance, your work colleague, your club mate, whatever it may be. But putting in the time to research and study answers to questions that are so prevalent in today's society... If you want to know the top five questions, easily ask me what people are asking out there. I can tell you. But knowing the answers, that takes time. It takes effort. It takes research. Engaging with others. Thanks, Andy. You might notice. You might notice. Um, I changed this just because I don't like repetition of words. And even the your is annoying me from, ver um, from level one to level um, three. I was going to change love thy neighbor, but uh, no, it's too, <laughs> too archaic. Invite, you know, engage with, and so I had church for people who are new to this. Engage with others. And this is, this is a key of um, joining a small group, being involved in a small group, not just... Um, being in church for 90 minutes a week. That's not church. That's not the way church is meant to be. It's, you'd notice in the Acts that they actually got together every, every day, um, but sometimes it was at the temples, the, in the, the public courts, and sometimes it was at home. They had home churches. So it's, it's something that is biblical, and there are a number of reasons why that's so, and, and you can read those later. But someone might have the question, why, what's the point of joining a small group? Why, why should I do it? Um, so I promoted our two main groups, that that's so, Goldies, which again, I remind you, is not a life group for over 50s or whatever. It is a life group for people who are available during business hours, who would like to get together during business hours. So we are actually trying to you know, promote that group into 
saying, hey, it's for everyone. If you're free this particular day and you're not free for night because you might work at nights, then, hey, this is for you. You want to be part of this group? Um, join us here at the church every Thursday at 9.30. There is a stigma out there that um, you know, Goldie's is just for the, the older people, but it's not, and that's why we changed the name. Oh. If it closes down, I'll quickly... <laughs> All right. Um, now I'm in a twofold what to do. Let me just check my battery. It's fast. It's my wife's computer, that's why. No, uh, I won't. I'm going to go for it. I think. Um, Andy, do you want to mention the next two? Do the. Oh, I might just do the next two really quickly. Because I've done this one before. This one um, I did serving our Saviour last year. Uh, but you'll notice, um, hey, I want, when a person comes here, if they come to me and say, I want to serve, or they come to you, I want to serve. How can I serve? There are, there are jobs. All they're listed. You know? Tons. Um, and some are inside the service, some are outside the service. So therefore, some are for introverts, some are for um, extroverts. It doesn't matter who you are. Okay? And then, give it in abundance. Give in abundance. Is the final one, and about, that's about giving. And it's just some teaching on giving, which um, not many people receive in the church. And there are different ways to give. There are different ways to give. And it's about committing to that. So I ask you to um, hand that out, Andy, um, after that. Thank you. Such a good man. It's the last one, I promise. Promise. <laughs> Giving in abundance. So we give during a Sunday service. There's, there's opportunities to online give. If you are a, a millennial or younger and you like to um, be cool and do text giving, uh, then you know, we have that service available, but it comes with fees, so we don't promote it. And there's always an opportunity to give non-monetary gifts if, if someone feels the need to and if it's suitable for the church's resources. That's the vision. And that's how I believe we as a local congregation can fulfill that vision. Notice how it's going to be continued. It's going to be ongoing because we'll continue to get new members, new people into the flock, and that's the goal, reproducing. So everyone will be on this journey, and people will be at different stages, but the goal is for everyone to get to here. That's the vision. The mission, the mission is to do that by exalting the name of Jesus, by equipping the saints 
to do exactly that. So every individual believer can exhort and guide their neighbor into pursuing that journey as well. But in order for that to happen, in order for that to happen, I did my arrow, but it's not working. This is so important. This is so important. Facilitating our exhortation. By doing that, the goal is to provide an environment where anyone from anywhere at any time feels welcomed and loved by Fraser Coast Baptist Church. So that's God's invitation to follow his design for the life is not impeded in any way, shape, or form. This is where I think a lot of churches stuff up. And I don't want to be part of a church that stuffs this up. You know, it's, it's more when someone awkward comes in these doors and we think, hmm, do you belong here? You know, are you sure you're, uh, you've, you've got the right place? You know, and, and, and we, we, we don't say this out loud, of course, but we think it, and we give them that weird look of, man, what, are you, what have you been doing lately? All those tats just from, you know, now it's from your fingertips all the way to your shoulders, up to your, up to your neck, and, and some go further, up to your face. But, you know, our looks can tell us thousand words because our looks are a picture that we don't see how people behave but remember this place is a hospital this place is an answer to life's questions life's puzzles life's dilemmas life's valleys and it's just about the person at the right time feeling led by God to come through these doors or feeling led by God to accept an invitation. I was just talking to one person um, the other week because he said he was, um, he's fully serving God now, but I just was curious about his testimony because he always reflected on how bad he was. And I said, how did, how did, you, how did it happen? How did you get connected to the church? And I said, did you feel God telling you to do it? And he goes, actually, no. I was just invited by a friend to come to a church, a service, and that's when God spoke to me. Yeah? Didn't feel led to do it, just invited. And I said, what the hey? I've got nothing else to lose. I, was, I think I was, he said he was lonely at that time, so he could do with a friend. And then during the sermon, God spoke to him. It's during the preaching of the word. When else are they going to hear the preaching of the word? Sunday churches, why aren't we inviting them to hear the preaching? To give them an opportunity for God to convict them. And again, it, then not everyone's going to be convicted, but at least we provided that opportunity. You might have noticed this picture. Last, last year, six groups of people that Jesus ministered to. Number one, he loved the community. He loved the community, and we know that by Matthew 23, 37. Jesus said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how many times I wanted to put my arms around all your people, just as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you would not let me. He loved the community, even though they had no interest in what he had to offer. He taught the crowd. He taught the crowd. And he taught them to worship God. 
Mark 2.13, and this is where you might want to have your Bibles ready. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And we know that that multitude consisted not just of people wanting to seek the truth, did they? It resorted of all kinds of people, mostly ones that wanted to be fed, mostly ones that wanted to hear miracles, mostly ones that wanted to see whether you were actually the Son of God. But then even we know, even when he provided those miracles, they thought, oh, you must be the devil, not God. <laughs> he taught the crowd. The crowd is not always going to be believers. This is where we teach the crowd on a church Sunday service. And he also gathered a congregation for fellowship. Matthew 16, 18. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Notice it's getting more and more specific into a special kind of people. He loved the community, taught the crowd, gathered a congregation. He discipled the committed. He discipled the committed. And he did this for maturity. The committed were on the journey to maturity. Luke 9, 23, if it pops up there. And then he said to them all, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. That's what we have to do every day. That's what we are called to do every day. And then... The fifth, he trained the core. There was a core people, group of people that he trained for ministry. And Mark 3.14 says that. And he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him and he would send them out to preach. And then finally, he sent out the commissioned. I am sending them into the world just as you sent me. And that's another goal that we'll have. Where we'll have people come up through the church, maybe starting in those Sunday school kids, training them up and then sending them out to what they were fulfilled to do. What they were created to do. But I think, hey, we're a small church. We can't do that all at once. So I've been racking my brain this whole year and thinking, where do I start? What, what, what do we do with our lack of resources? Now we only have our building available Sundays and, and, and Saturdays if we have permission. What, what can we do? And I think it starts with number one. Loving the community. And that's where I appreciate your prayers for Fraser Coast Baptist Church. How can we love the community? How can we let the community know that we love them? Not just individually, because we go out to our friends and family and, 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 and work colleagues and, and clubmates, whoever, schools. We say, yeah, through our lives, we love you. But how can we know Fraser Coast Baptist Church? I think there are some things that we have to start in order to show that we love them. And I have three ideas. And I want you to pray about these ideas. I want you to pray for me, as, particularly as I start to plan them out and, 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 and look through all the logistics of how we can do that. 
Some are easy, some are hard. Some are, take a small group of people, some take a whole group of people. Some can start small, but some have to start big. So here are the three ideas I want you to pray about. How will we do that in 2020? My, my overall, um, I think people out there question, what is the church there for? Yes, it's to bring the truth, we know. It's to bring souls to the, to the realisation that you know, God sent Jesus Christ to die for them. But the community's perspective of church these days is very low. It's because the church usually keeps themselves. They don't help. Not many. And so I thought, okay, I want to be a church that the people perceive out there that they're trying to actually help the community. They're actually trying to strengthen the community. They're actually trying to do good for the, the well-being of community. And we know ultimately that will happen if they just trust Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour, right? right? But, that, but I think we need to provide a bridge on how that can happen. So I thought, okay, how can we strengthen the community? How can we give... Um, give uh, how can we make it better? And to me, it all starts with the family. If families are strong, then the communities will be strong, right? Does that make sense to you? If the families are strong, then the communities will be strong. If the families are strong, how do, how do they get strong? I think the family is strong if the parents are strong, if the marriage is strong. Does that make sense? If the marriage is strong, then the family is strong. If the family is strong, then the community is strong. So how do we make the marriage is strong? How do we make their parenting out there strong? And one way that I've come across is a parents' night out. I just read a Facebook post on Harvey Bay by Cell last night where someone is asking for a cheap babysitter just so he could spend some private moments, some alone moments, away from the kids, away from the pressures, to just be able to give his wife a date. Because I've been reading lately on marriage and, and the power and the benefit of, of the mum and dad having a time each week where they just get away from the kids where it's just them and they can focus on their marriage, focus on their love for each other. And, and, and I think partly it's a generational thing. And it could be due to the added pressures of life these days. I I, I'm not going into that. I haven't gone that far into it yet on the why. But that's what I'm reading. That's what I'm seeing. People are testifying of... Um, having a time each week where they get away from the kids and they're saying how good it is. Um, Kerry's grandmother and grandfather, actually, so it's not necessarily a generational thing. They've done this for years. He's felt compelled. And they said, what a blessing it is to have been able to do that. And they continue to do that even though the kids have gone out. They have their, their date night each, each week. But with so many dysfunctional families, so many families that are split up, that single parents, 
um, uh, so many um, pressures of life with both parents having to work just to pay the bills these days? How, do they, how, do, how does it happen? And so, to me, I'm thinking of an, a, a way of how the church can be the babysitters for those parents on advertising that. And it means, yeah, we could use use of the church building to provide those facilities. Having to be on a Saturday night, of course, though, because we can't do it any other weeknight. Well, we've got to talk to the school about that since they have you know, full control of this building. But I'm imagining people saying, having a conversation with their friends saying, oh, I wish I could get out. And then they say, oh, have you heard of Fraser Coast Baptist Church? They actually do uh, you know, once a month, they provide a, uh, a free babysitting service where they can take care of your kids. All of them are trained, all of them are blue-carded, all of them got the you know, necessary legal you know, requirements. That's what I'm picturing. And then, ultimately, off the record, hoping to get their email address, and then I'll have a contact where we can promote church activities because I'm also reading that churches who are growing, they're finding that the campaigns that they run are getting more traction from emails than on social media, which is an interesting thing. People are just busy scrolling the feed and just looking for uh, friends or something in particular, whereas they're reading emails more regularly. It's gone. Um, the last one was, uh, the second one was, and I'll quickly, I'll quickly close for those who are worrying, um, community, a community service. And this is something that can start small but grow to big. And this is, this is where everyone is involved and everyone can be involved. And again, I'm thinking of something that can happen once a month on a Saturday, of course, where we can gather together. And, um, and we all have places to go that have been organized um, to help someone out in the community. And it could be as complicated as helping someone with their computer problems, or as simple as providing a few dollars for someone who um, comes to the laundromat on, a, on, on, a, on that Saturday morning. You know, Notice how the ideas are endless. As the congregation grows, um, there can be more opportunities. And it provides people um, a chance to actually lead, to say, put their hand up and say, oh, I've got a, a skilled area in, um, in mowing. And, and, and if we arrange some places we can go to get their, their lawns mowed, I can get a group of people that we can get it done in just that amount of time. I have the, the, the resources to be able to do it. Let's do that on a Saturday morning. Come back here. People, uh, another ministry of having lunch prepared as they pray and a time of reflection and testimony. You know, this happening every single month, to me, um, would bring, eventually, publicity to the community and, and, sh and show them, prove to them that we're actually here to care. We want to love you. But sadly, people just say, yeah, we want to love you, but how do we show it? This could be one particular way. It, it might not be. 
just something to pray about. Again, I ask you to pray. And finally, a simple one. It said there, pray and go. My goal is to, is to uh, make up a, a small card where you can go to someone's random house. Uh, I'm thinking this area in particular. You, you say a little pr a prayer for that house. You, give, um, the, uh, you put the pamphlet in their um, mailbox and then you just go on to the next house. And it's just a pamphlet that says, hey, on behalf of Fraser Coast Baptist Church, I just prayed for you um, and your household just for God's blessings to be upon you. And uh, we just want you to know that we're here to care. If there's anything specifically that you want us to do, come to the church on a Sunday and we'll be happy to provide that. So there are three areas, three ideas that I'm thinking about and ask you to pray. If you have any um, input that you'd like to share, um, I'm happy to receive that um, on, uh, by email or in person after the service. But that's the vision for 2020. And, um, and my concern now is um, the, 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 the PowerPoint uh, for the song. And therefore, I'm actually not going to worry about closing up in a song, uh, if, if people don't mind. Uh, but uh, I'm going to pray, and then we'll be dismissed as um, we have some fellowship, and then, and then the quality members meeting. Let's pray. Lord God, just thank you that we can rely on you for all our needs. We thank you for the promises that you supply all our needs. And one such need that we have is knowing specifics, Father. We know for sure that you've enabled this church to survive through what it's gone through in the last few years. We know that your work has been um, uh, in the, the, the workings and the logistics and all the, the, um, the problems that we've had um, with making this church available and... and um, and providing a clear future for it, Lord. So we, we know, we've experienced your hand at work, Father. Therefore, we understand and recognize you do have a future for us. You do have a future for this church. And we just ask for your blessing and continued um, promptings of the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit, to just guide us in the way that we should go. I ask for wisdom as I lead this flock. And we just pray that you'll help us just be a body of believers here for each other, here for the community, that we are here for a purpose that only you can um, make us know about. And in, in reality, Lord, only you can um, enable us, give us the power and give us the strength to uh, fulfill that, uh, that uh, mission that we have, Lord. So we ask for your blessing and favour upon Fraser Coast Baptist Church as we enter a new year and may you guide us throughout the year of 2020. I ask for this blessing and we do it in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. I thank you so much for making the effort to come out, especially this week. For those who are listening online um, and in the congregation, if you missed out on any of the sheets, please get your hands on some. They're going to be um, restocked next week. So therefore, if, hey, we do have a visitor, you know where to direct them to if they have these kinds of questions. God bless you this week as you go out and be the person that he wants you to be. Thanks.